Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 14. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jesus was moved with compassion, not complaining. He didn't say, you know, listen, you guys, this is my day off. He didn't say that. He was moved with compassion. And then notice in verse 15, the contrast here. You see it? Jesus saw the hurting people. The disciples saw problem people. Jesus saw ministry. The disciples saw a menace. Did you see that? Jesus said, they they said to Jesus, they said, Jesus, basically in verse 15, they said, Jesus, it's getting late. Get rid of them. If they want to eat, let them go home and eat. That's what they said. That's what some of us say to our friends, don't we? You want to eat? Go home and eat. (laughs) Jesus, I get the impression when I read this that they're informing Jesus. Like he doesn't really know. You know, they like Jesus, 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 get a pad and get a pen. You need to write this down, okay? All right, and, and as if he really is going to get a pad and pen. And he gets his pad and he gets his pen and they go, okay, Jesus, number one, there's a lot of people. Write that down. Number one. Number two, we have, we, we, we're, in the, we're in the desert. Number three, it's late in the evening and the food line is closed. Number four, the people need food. Number five, Jesus, are you writing it down? Are you there? We, number five, we have no food. And number six, Jesus, we have no money. That's what I get the impression, that they're informing him as to what's going on as if he doesn't know. And the disciples are doing what we do. We oftentimes find ourselves informing Jesus of things that he really already knows. You don't have to inform him. You know, I'm amazed at how some people pray. I'm amazed at how some people pray. You know, God, Lord, would you please save my friend? He lives at 1602 Mockingbird Lane. He has brown hair and blue eyes, medium build. He drives a car that looks like, you know, informing him. We don't need to inform him. He already knows. They don't need to inform him. Jesus knows exactly what's going on. And when the multitudes come, you know, it's almost like here. Every year, never fails, never fails. Every year we have VBS. We always have more kids than we plan for. Give a kid a chance, always have more kids than we plan for. 
Any event that we do here, God has blessed us. We always have more people than we plan for. And inevitably, somebody will say, well, you know, I don't know if we can do that. I don't know if we got enough for that. I don't know, you know, you know, boy, you know what about this? There might be too many people. Uh, you know, maybe the fire marshal will come in. Uh, we, don't, we don't know. But you know what? God blesses and meets every single need for every single person every single time. He never, ever, 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 never, never, ever, never, no, not ever has God ever failed me. Or you give him a hand because that's God. He won't fail you, but you got to see, you got to trust him and you got to start believing in him and not get all caught up in the facts. <laughs> don't get all caught up in the facts. And you know, well, we you know we only have 12 chairs and we can't have 13 kids. Yeah, you can sit some of them on the floor. This is all about Jesus, amen, saints. It's just all about the Lord. He's so faithful. He is so faithful. And too often when we have problems too big for us to handle, instead of believing in Jesus' compassionate care, that he loves us, he's for us, he intends to bless us, instead of believing that he has the power to provide everything we need, we fret, we worry, we agonize, we toss and we turn, and we get our eyes on the problem instead of getting our eyes on the problem solver. That's exactly what we do. I've seen it happen a hundred times. Where people, they come to, you know, they're coming to church doing well. All of a sudden they get a problem and they stop coming to church. I've seen that. I don't understand that. When you have a problem, listen, don't stop coming to church. When things happen, that's when you come to church more. Now, listen, don't misunderstand me. Please always come to church. Okay, I'm looking for you and I know it when you stay home. I see people in the supermarket, they didn't go to church. They come up to me. And, you know, we got a lot of people here at Calvary Chapel. The truth is, I don't really know if somebody's not here. Don't tell anybody. But I see them in the supermarket. They come up to me and they didn't go to church. Hey, Pastor Rodney, I just want to tell you, I wasn't in church today, man, because, you know, I actually overslept and I had a bad night. I'm like, I was just trying to get some peas, man. I mean, I, you know, I can, you know, you weren't in church today? Huh? <laughs> no. But the Lord, when we have problems, don't stop coming to church. Come to church more. Why, Rodney? Because the Bible says, Psalm 16, verse 11, says this, You will show me the path. In your, read it with me, would you? In your presence is the fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures evermore. That's why you come to church, because in his presence is the fullness of joy, and it's in his presence that God will show you his path. Can God show you his path at home? Yes. But God wants to show you his path. And oftentimes he shows you his path when you come to church and the pastor's preaching or a word is spoken. And somehow, some way, I can't explain it, but somehow, some way, though a word is spoken and it just goes out and it just touches you right where you are. You, I don't even have to be teaching. 
preaching or speaking from where you are in your life, but because of the power of the Word of God and because of the, the, the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, I encourage pastors, look, just teach the Bible. Don't teach about the Bible and don't teach from the Bible. Teach the Bible and the Holy Spirit will take the Word of God and just throw it out there. You heard me talk about it. And the seed of the Word will just meet you right where you are and all of a sudden you just walk out of here with joy because in the presence of the Lord what saints is the fullness of joy I don't feel like fellowshipping Rodney I don't feel like having coffee after church and talk with all the Christians okay just come on in sneak on the back row sit there and get in the presence of the Lord. And I guarantee you, God will touch you in that area that you need to be touched. And, and, and you'll walk out of here with joy. Don't stop coming to church. When you have problems, get your eyes off the problem and get your eyes on the problem solver. See, that's God. That's what he wants to do in your life and in your heart. And whatever you're going through today, you should know Jesus has compassionate compassionate care for you. I got to move on. Point number two, not only his compassionate care, but also his cooperative care. Would you look at verse 16 through 19 again? Notice Jesus says, they say, Jesus, get rid of them, send them away. Jesus says, don't get rid of them. You give them something to eat. In other words, cooperate. Jesus is saying to his disciples, I need your cooperation. Now, you want to notice the parallel story is found in John chapter 6. You can look this up in your own time. But it's the story of Philip. And, 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 and it, was, it, was, it was Philip who Jesus said to, Jesus says to Philip, testing him, where can we get enough food to feed these people? And Philip was a practical guy. Philip took out his calculator how you know they didn't have calculators back in those days? They had to do something to count. Well, let's just say he took out his calculator and he began to count the heads and punch in the numbers. He shook his head and he said, you know what, Lord? Jesus said, what? He said, 200 denarii won't feed these people. It's not enough. Now, understand that one denarii was a day's wage. So what Philip is saying is 200 days of working will not be enough to feed these people. And again, Philip is looking at the problem and not the problem solver. And Jesus said what? Give them something to eat. Now, don't miss this. Watch this. Don't miss this. Jesus is asking them to do something that is humanly impossible. You know, Jesus will ask you to do something that's humanly impossible. Why? Because he wants to get the glory when it's done. That's why. You see, if it were possible in you, you'd probably take a little credit. Come on. Just a little credit. You know, me and God did this. Oh, you'll get more respect than that. You'll go, you know what? God and I, we pulled this off. You see, me and God, we're right here. You know, me and God, me and God. And see, I and God collectively, we did this. God says, no, I want to do something so powerful, so awesome, so mighty that you, you will know it's all God. Somebody will say, oh, well, that was a blessing. You'll go, 
Man, that was all God. I mean, I don't know how that happened. I don't even know what happened. What happened? I don't even know. It was all God. That's what he wants to do. This, this one person quoted, I don't even know who it was, but he said this. When God is going to do something so wonderful, he begins with difficulty. When he's going to do something very wonderful, he begins with impossibility. See, God wants to do something very wonderful. And so when he wants to do something very wonderful, he's got to put you in impossible situations so that at the end of it, he can get the glory. Now, this is a trip. I don't understand it. John chapter 6, look it up in your own time. But Philip, I will never understand. Remind you, Jesus is standing right there with Philip. He says, where are we going to get enough food to feed all these people? And Jesus is standing right there. Hello? Are y'all getting this? Jesus is standing right there. And Jesus says, well, where are we going to get enough food? And Philip goes, well, I don't know. Let me get my calculator out. Let me figure this out. Um, I don't know. Harris Teeter's closed. Food lines across town. I don't know. Where are we going to get it? And Jesus is probably standing in the back going, hello? Hello? I'm God. You know, I did a lot of stuff already. I could do something more. Does it not strike you just a little bit odd that nobody asked him? I mean, somebody, one of them, I told you the disciples, they were a trip. One of them should have looked at Jesus. You know what, fellas, look, we could just ask Jesus. I mean, he could make like a huge combo meal. I mean, it's, um, it's, Jesus can do this. But nobody stopped to ask him. The Bible says he was testing Philip. And nobody even asked him. Jesus is like, hey, hello, I could help you. If you would only come to me and ask me, and I will. You see, Philip did what we often fail to do, and that is to add Jesus into the equation. Many times, God doesn't do great things in your life because you fail to factor him into the equation. And we often think, you know, well, if, you know, if I had more money, I could do this. If I had more resources, I could do that. If I had more of this, I could do that. No. If you just have Jesus with you, you can do anything. Because I can do all things through Christ too. In the Greek language, all means all, and that's all all means. Got it? I can do all things through Christ. Someone once said, God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. So Jesus says, give them something to eat. And then notice in verse 17 in your Bibles, they said, Jesus, we have five loaves and two fish. Now, Matthew doesn't tell us where the loaves and the fish came from. But we know from the other Gospels that Andrew, Andrew was always bringing people to Jesus. I love Andrew's. People who just say, hey, come to church with me. Hey, let's go to worship together. Hey, you got a problem? Let's pray. I wonder you and Andrew. Andrew, he's always bringing people to Jesus. Study the Gospels. And Andrew found this little boy and who had his lunch. And in his lunch was two fish and five loaves of bread. Now get this. This will blow your mind. There are always those who are seeking to explain away the miracles of Christ. If you knew that, say amen. Always those. Get this. This one guy. His name is William Barclay. And he said, 
The feeding, look at this. He said the feeding of the 5,000 with the two fish and the five loaves of bread wasn't a miracle. Rather, the little boy gave his little lunch. And when the boy offered his lunch, it touched a sympathetic cord in the hearts of others. And they all had lunch up their sleeves and began to share and eat together. That, you know, my wonderful mother, my wonderful mother used to say, some people are so smart, they just stupid. There you go. <laughs> some folks, they just too smart. They're just too smart. Hello. Now, 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 granted, yes, they wore these tunics, and these tunics had big sleeves and stuff, and yeah, you could keep stuff in and kind of tie it off and walk around, you know, with a, you know, I don't know, you got stuff in your sleeves. But hello, this isn't the miracle of the hidden lunch up the sleeves. It is the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Goodness gracious. Some people... So these loaves, now don't understand them to be big loaves of bread. They're small loaves of bread. They're actually little barley loaves. And the fish, don't think they were big tunas. They weren't. They were little sardines. Remember, it's the little boy's lunch. He couldn't eat a whole tuna. So they're little sardines and five little barley loaves. And Philip said, what are these little things among so many? And Jesus said, bring them to me and you'll find out in verse 18. And then Jesus sat down. He sat everyone down in small groups and and rows. And he took the five loaves and the two fish and he blessed and he broke and he gave. Don't you see this picture? Isn't this beautiful? Somebody should... Draw this or with a pencil, make this picture of Jesus holding these two fish and these five loaves of bread. And did you notice he took these measly, scrawny resources and he held them up to the Father and he blessed them and he broke them and he gave them. Someone should do a picture, a pencil, like chalk, whatever, and, and with the multitudes, it's just beautiful. Jesus took his measly, scrawny resources that he had, and he thanked the Lord for them. Now, there's a sermon we don't have time for. I need more. Hey, be thankful for what you already have. Amen, saints? Be thankful. Be thankful. Don't ever forget to be thankful. People are unthankful nowadays. Be thankful. Be thankful. Do yourself a favor. Be thankful. Don't be ungrateful. Be thankful. Be thankful. Tell you again what I say. God will bless you. He was thankful. Two little fish, five barley loaves of bread. Now, Notice lastly, Jesus gives complete care. You're taking notes, verse 20 through 21. Notice he gives complete care. They did all eat, the Bible says, and they were filled. This word filled means glutted. Kind of like you feel when you leave Golden Corral. Just glutted. You know, glutted. 
You know, it's like you, you know you glut it when you, when you feel the need to let the top button go on your pants. You know what I'm saying? You know, if there's a psychological thing that your hand wants to kind of go and let this button loose, you, you're in sin. You, you just committed a sin. You need to repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Cry out to God. Because, you know, you're just like, oh, my good. Oh, and then you go, oh, I better let go of this. You in sin. You, okay, you got to repent. That's it. You just got to fall down, repent, which you probably will fall down. But uh, I mean, you got to repent. So they were glutted and they took up 12 baskets of leftovers, which are always good the next day. Isn't it true? And notice Jesus' complete care is suitable. They all ate. Jesus' complete care is satisfying. They were filled. In other words, Jesus didn't give a little bit to some. He gave a lot to all. And Jesus' complete care, not only suitable and satisfying, but also sufficient. There were 12 baskets left over, full of bread. And I'm confident that that little boy went back home and he said, Mom, he said, Mom, your lunch was so good. Jesus wanted to share it with a lot of people. And she said, yeah, I'm a good cook. Goes, yeah, Mom, you are. Now, three quick lessons, three quick lessons we can learn from this. Number one, whatever you have, hand it over to him. He makes little become much when you give it into his hand. God can take a little, the little bit that you have, and he can do a lot with it. That which is insignificant and insufficient becomes sufficient and significant in the hands of Jesus. Take dust. Dust. God took dust and made man. Something as little made man. The jawbone of a donkey, he took that, and it was little and seemed insignificant for battle. But he took that jawbone in the hand of a man, God, through the power of God, killed a thousand of Israel's enemies through Samson. You remember? Five smooth stones, one slingshot. One stone right in the forehead of Israel's greatest fearful enemy, Goliath, using David. Little becomes much when you put it in the master's hand. You understand that? Now here's the mathematics of, of this miracle. Five loaves plus two fish, not enough. Five loaves plus two fish plus Jesus, more than enough. More than enough. Without him, not enough. With him, more than enough. You see, real simple. Hand it over to him. Number two, Jesus only worked, you want to notice, he only worked when the loaves were placed in his hands. When the loaves of fish were in his hands, then he could do the miracle. And we need to simply, by faith, take what we have and put it in his hands. And the Lord can do a miracle. You see, God will use something very small, in, in, in his hands to do a very great work. But too often we're in control. And because we're in control, then he cannot work. And then number three, God wants to use us to bring the word of life, the bread of life to the world. Amen, saints? He wants to use us. Did you notice all the miracles that Jesus performed through all the gospels? He did them alone except this one. 
it, this miracle, they put the bread and the fish in his hands, and he took it and put it in the disciples' hands and told them to go and distribute. All the other miracles, healing of the blind man, cleansing of the leper, all of those things he did on his own. But this miracle, he used the disciples to help him with this miracle. In other words, that tells us that what the disciples, Jesus did what the disciples couldn't do, multiply. But Jesus will not do what the disciples could do, and that is distribute. In other words, we have a responsibility to do what we are called to do. God will do what you cannot do. God will not do what you can do. Well, God say, my friend, well, then go preach the gospel to him. You know, we'll save him, save him now, Lord. Go preach the gospel to him. We have that responsibility. And the disciples, they're handing out the bread. And it's multiplying, and it's multiplying, and it's multiplying. And I'm sure it was good. Because everything God does is good. Amen, saints? I'm sure that bread was so good, they were getting that bread. And they were going, mmm, mmm, mmm. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. That was good, good. They licking their fingers and licking the plate and just, ah, mm, mm. Oh, what? Y'all don't lick the plate at home. Oh, come on. Yeah, you do. You know you do. Ah, oh, that's so good. That's so good. Ah, mm, mm, mm. Mm. Good. Because everything he does is good. He takes little, becomes much. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.